0: Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us facing the rising sun of our new day begun let us march on till victory is won
1: hey welcome everyone to the nine points podcast i'm your host and my name is tim on behalf of my family i'd like to say thank you for joining us today as a family we set, our, we set out to inspire and entertain your families so that we can build better relationships. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God and is read as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I want to let you know that today's show, we're going to have three segments. In the first segment, I'll share a very brief, but I would say significant event that I was a part of a couple of days ago. Um, It was very family centric. And in my opinion, it was powerful. And I'm hoping that what I share will, you know, some people out there will be able to relate to it in a positive way. Um, The second segment, Z time, I'm going to talk to my son for a little while. I'm going to ask our son as a as a 19-year-old, uh, from his perspective, to share a few things that give him hope and encouragement. We see and hear so many things that discourage us. So I think it's refreshing sometimes to hear from younger people who take in all of this stuff um, to make sure and check in with younger people and help them to recognize that everything isn't doom and gloom. And I'm looking forward to seeing what my son is going to say. <laughs> uh, I really am because he's just as plugged in as everybody else in the family. As, I mean, as, meaning my wife and I. And then third and finally, um, I will basically paraphrase a, bur- a journal entry that I created on Tuesday. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and just uh, share what happened on today. Is This is Friday morning. This was Tuesday. Um, something happened to me yesterday. I truly believe that God spoke to me. I don't remember all the things that I may have been attending to at the time, but I distinctly remember the clarity of the message. The message resonated within me for hours. Then while I was working, the manifestation of that truth began to shine inside of me and gave me the peace of mind that I needed For each situation that I found myself in later on that day, let me tell you the message that God shared with me. That message was. There is more going on than I know or believe. Eventually, I started to take that statement and apply it to a number of things that I was working through. For example, I had been preparing for the podcast. I was mentally preparing for a board meeting, preparation and execution of my responsibilities to my employers. I applied this statement over and over again to things that I was doing and praying about. I felt kind of like a kid who had just found a decoder ring. Uh, when my mind would wander onto one question after another, I referred to that message. There is more going on than I know or believe. Then last night, my family was working with me side by side and we were moving mountains. Each time I would start to speculate and complain to myself in my mind about something that I really couldn't contribute to in a healthy way. That phrase would echo in my mind and most importantly in my heart. I focused on the job in front of me. And the freedom to be able to do it without any physical limitations. Any mental or emotional distractions that popped into my mind here and there were my responsibilities to work through. Those were my responsibilities. Wasn't anybody else's concern. It wasn't anybody else's uh, cross to bear. It wasn't anything anybody else did to where they should have been obligated If there were any, I came to the conclusions of any mental or emotional distractions that popped into my mind, it was my responsibility to work through them and to work through them in a godly manner. Guess how I worked through those mental distractions? I grabbed my decoder ring and the decoder ring revealed there is more going on than I know or believe. The enormity of that phrase would wash over me and each time it did, I noticed myself getting more and more work done. It dawned on me that what I was allowing myself to believe about the context of the job at hand was a distraction to what I knew that I really needed to do. I thanked God silently and I continued to work with my family. Then about 30 or 40 minutes before our work was completed, I feel that God revealed to me some of the what else was going on as my family and I labored together. I looked at my daughter and my two sons. He revealed to me right then in our work that there were things that I had been praying to him for that was actually right in front of my face. The evidence of my answered prayers were all around me. The evidence was in what was said and what was not said between us. The evidence was in the mountains that we conquered together. The evidence was in a pleasure and work that I did not see coming. To the world, my neighbors may have looked outside of their windows and saw four people in their backyard raking and removing endless piles of leaves. That's probably what it looked like to them. They may have looked on with fondness or indifference, but I know that we couldn't have been bothering anybody. We didn't have anything that was making a lot of noise, just regular fundamental rake and trash bags, you know? Um, yet for me and my family, I was able to see that we were all a part of a necessary task and we all made the effort to enjoy it. I may have started the day believing that those mountains of leaves in the yard needed to go. However, I praise God right now for revealing that there were far more significant things that needed to be done and were done that didn't have anything to do with leaves. So I'll end this this, uh, segment by saying that you've always, a lot of you have heard, uh, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. Uh, there were some things that were happening as we were uh, raking and putting the leaves together that were way more important than just putting them leaves in a bag. And sometimes the things that we really, really hope for, and sometimes we might get discouraged and think we'll never see. Sometimes it's a matter of calming the distractions, focusing on what's most important and being appreciative of what, of being appreciative of what you can see and what you can recognize um, and not contributing to things that you can't do. Well, not bringing things to the table that are not necessarily going to be helpful. You know, so that is the first segment. I hope that you get something out of it. I'm going to take a quick break, Uh, leave you with a a little word from, um, from my wife and then we'll get back into Z time.
2: Hi, I want to take this opportunity to thank you all for joining our family podcast. Being able to do this is both fun and work. Our family hopes that you will find what you hear today as both entertaining and comforting. If you do, please keep coming back. We know that with our family, some of the days have been long, but the years have gone by fast. Believe this advice that I know you've already heard a bunch of times before. Make it a priority to enjoy the present. Well, that is all I have to say this time. Once again, on behalf of my family, thank you for joining the Nine Points Podcast.
1: Welcome back to our show and welcome to Z-Time. I am your host and I am flanked by our oldest son who goes by the name King here for the for the program so how you feeling today king
3: for a morning I'm just starting to wake up oh
1: okay yeah King gets that from me i'm not I'm not a morning person even though I do get up a lot a lot earlier and do more things in the morning it's still not it, it still doesn't come easy for me but I appreciate you um uh, coming out And working with me this morning, I had mentioned to the people that I wanted to ask you today to just kind of share from your perspective, some certain things that give you encouragement, because we live in a world where there's a lot of violence, a lot of threats of violence, a lot of disease, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of lies, a lot of betrayals, a lot of temptations. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Um, there are so many things that are on, constantly on attack against our faith and against our positive attitude. And as a young man that is significantly younger than me, I won't, I won't say what generation you speak of because I I don't want to be yelled at this morning. But being a 19-year-old a and seeing and hearing so many things to uh, – to put you on the defensive. I want to know, is there anything that you've learned or a couple of things that you've learned that you'd like to share with, uh, you know, I don't, I was going to say with your age group, but I know how controversial that is for you. Is there any words of encouragement that you have for us?
3: I'm not really a good encourager, but I'll do, I'll do what I can. You see, with all of what is going on in this world, it's difficult for us to think, how can a loving God allow something like this happen? But the point, the point is that we realize our imperfections and that we trust God no matter what. My message of encouragement You must realize that God and He alone is worthy of your trust, He's worthy of your time, and no amount of time is wasted spending your time with Him. And ever since I really ever since I really came to accept that once God's given me this wisdom, I'm much more chill about I'm much more chill about certain things especially when it comes to violence although i do not take in the i don't take in the pleasure of violence and it makes me really angry when i see when i see that there's crime there's shootings a bunch of other stuff that's going on in this culture that shouldn't be here i remind myself constantly that it's all going to be over soon and that some things can't be controlled by me. But God is in control and that he promises justice will be served.
1: Okay, King, I'm, I'm very glad that I have these chances to talk to you for a few reasons. Number one, you're my oldest son. I love you. Number two. Um, given the diagnosis that, um, that you were given um, when you were like four or five years old, I didn't know that I'd ever have an opportunity to talk to you like this, to be able to have you have your own opinion, for you to know who you are and to, to say things to me in a manner where you can give it thought and you can speak from the heart. Um, it's a blessing. It is, a, it is, I'm blessed every single day that I can think about you and and what we're able to do uh, in our family and and see what God has done in your life, um, and after with with each of those things being true that I just had to had to affirm, um, I also like that I can come back and and give you a different a question or I can give you a follow up something that I know is true, something I know that I've struggled with, or something that I know that somebody else could struggle with. And you are going to come back with a genuine answer. You're going to be genuine. And this is one of those times where I'm going to give you one of those genuine questions or one of those or a couple of scenarios. And I'm looking forward to what God puts on your heart and what you're going to say about it. So what I want to say is There might be somebody that Believes in God There might be somebody that believes in God And has been baptized However um, Their parent Or their parents kicked them out And They don't They don't have They're not in a gang They don't um, They don't make money illegally Um, And they are still in their teens, their adolescence. So they haven't even graduated high school yet. You know, now a person can believe in God, a person can have uh can have faith that God is going to always be there for them. But when you have certain things that a lot of people take for granted like food, shelter, um the unconditional respect of an adult or two that are going to have your back. When somebody is is out there and, and vulnerable, and they can't see the evidence of some of those things that so many other people have, have, how do you, I mean, how do you help that person? What message would you say to that person in terms of, I know God is with me, but I sure wish God would show up in this way or that way or the other way, because without these things, I'm feeling by myself. Consider
3: the story of Job. He was a good man who was blessed with a lot of good things because he had a right relationship with God. And then one day, all of that changed. And, and he was he was affected. His health was affected. His family, his status, and even his friends were saying wrong things about him. And then and then eventually god shows up to job and he challenges him with these questions proving that job proving to job that he that he doesn't have all the answers and that there's only now, two ways to he, go he, i'm talking job, about job dad job. i'm talking about job
1: i want to make sure i know you that but i want to make sure they knew
3: guys i'm that, talking about job, job. Okay then. As I was saying, um like Job to convince Job that he doesn't have all the answers and um and that God wants him to trust to tr- and God wants Job to trust in him no matter no matter what. And so he does. And Job already knew about some of the things that his friends told him. And he did get partial truth from another person. But God revealed the whole story. The full story. He didn't tell Job exactly what was going on. But he encouraged he encouraged Job to trust in God. And Job, knowing darn well that God's solution is the best, humbled himself. and. Good things begin to happen. Everything that he lost was restored. He got. And he got blessed even more than he did previously. And. And of course his friends. um. They were disciplined. So the point of that story. Is to remind you guys that. God does care when he seems far away don't run away from him in one of the parables that jesus and that jesus shared to us there was this man who there was this young man who walked away from home and was living a bad life and then he came to his senses and humbled himself he went back to the father and the father embraced him welcome him home In other words, and that's what it's like when someone is turning away from their lifestyles and running to God. It's a it's a matter of repentance and faith. So if you're feeling discouraged in any way, don't don't run away from God. That's just going to make things way worse. Your best bet is to submit to him.
1: son I'm so thankful for what you've shared and I'm looking at the time we've said enough in this segment I mean it's only it's been 10 minutes this is enough for a segment but I'm so I'm feeling so good about this conversation we're having right now I feel inclined to ask you another question because I want a, I want another another answer from you man um this is good um you said something a couple of times you said humble yourself you and I both know that there are times in life where we go into a challenge and we have to fight our way out of it. We have to fight through it. And the natural inclination for myself is if I have a challenge, I want to try to fight through it. I want to try to fight through it. If I, if I can't, if I can't do without it, if I can't do without going through this thing, then I'll try to go through it with confidence with certainty, with all the power, all the skills, all the faith that I have. But humbling myself is not something that that's my default. You know, that's not like if I'm challenged, my, the first thing that comes, the first thing that the rest on my spirit isn't always humble myself. Um, I'm trying to think the best question I could have for you, but are there... When you're challenged, when you're challenged, how do you how do you know that this is one of those situations where I need to humble myself as opposed to just keeping on fighting through it?
3: A good example is that I try using the same methods again, but it doesn't work. This is similar to what I went through before all of these major changes happened, before God proved his grace for me. I was in a bad spot. A really bad spot, and essentially I was doing the same things over and over and then, one day, after one of the worst events ever, God gave me wisdom. He gave me conviction. There was one thing that I could have done where I wouldn't have been avoided where I would have avoided all of the mess that I made, and that was simply submit to God. I may have said the right words, but really I was trying to use my own I was trying to use my own strength to please God, even though without faith it's impossible to please God. And so that's where I humbled myself. That's where I realized that and even before I knew that Something about the way I was doing things wasn't working, but it took that long for me to realize.
1: Thank you, son. I appreciate your genuine and wise feedback. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and doing all the the cutting and streaming that I need to to uh, to get this to get this episode out. So thanks a lot, son. Uh, we'll be back after these quick messages.
2: Hello, Nine Points audience. It's me again. If my husband has not mentioned it in today's show, I want to remind everyone out there that my husband's most recent novel is called Lord Shelter. Lord Shelter is a work of Christian fiction that you can order in paperback and ebook formats. Look for Lord's Shelter by Timothy Hill at Book Baby Bookshop, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart.com, and more. If you are inclined to purchase the book for yourself or a gift for someone else, I want to personally thank you on behalf of our entire family. Thank you for your attention and welcome to the final segment of today's episode of the Nine Points Podcast.
1: Hey, welcome back to the third and final segment of today's show. Um, I wanted to make one quick note. Um, when I had mentioned in the first segment that what I had shared was Tuesday, that was actually Wednesday, which was December the 1st. What I'm about to read to you uh, comes from something that happened on Tuesday, which was November the 30th, um, a situation. Well, there was a number of situations that were going on. And I'm just going to pretty much share what, you know, a journal, like I said, is a journal entry, paraphrase journal entry, uh, with purpose of entertaining and inspiring people. I'm going to go ahead and share something and um, and hope God takes it. Well, I know God will take it where it needs to be and hope that hope that there are some people that are that enjoy it and get a lot out of it. OK, this happened on Tuesday, November the 30th. I was praying this morning on my way to work. I experienced one of those times where the flow of my prayer shifted. It was one of those times where I went from knowing what I wanted to say and saying it to being aware of what I needed to say and then acknowledging it. The best way to describe this experience is to say that my prayer started leading me. I won't go into sharing the things that I was praying to God about before the transition. Just know that the change happened when I started to think about salvation. Salvation is associated with assurance. Due to word in my heart and on my lips, God revealed an alliteration between the words assurance and insurance. As my prayer moved along, I became convicted that assurance is way more important than insurance. With that train of thought fully engaged, I started to conceptualize some of the distinctions between assurance and insurance. I want to share some of those conclusions that came to mind. First, I recognize that some of the most regrettable things that I've ever done can be rooted in my pursuit of insurance. When I think back, it seems to me that the common pattern of my regrettable actions stem from me assuming that in order for me to experience assurance, I'd have to commit myself first to insurance. In other words, I assumed and carried myself as if insurance was necessary for assurance. Well, being in love and being committed to a family that I do not deserve, I can tell you that love does not operate from this way of thinking. I hope that I can help someone to avoid some of my mistakes when I tell you that love at times operates with faith. With love, faith takes precedence over the transactional and subjective truths that I base many of my decisions upon. This leads me to the second point. I thought about my experiences with insurance policies and contrasted that with the assurance policy of God's love. With insurance policies, you, get full co- you can get full coverage. However, even with full coverage, if something happens, I might find myself very uncomfortable for a while waiting for my benefits to materialize. There may even be a time or two wherein I assume that my benefits will cover my needs, only to find out later that there's some kind of exclusion in my policy. In those instances, my full coverage was not enough. Assurance from God works differently than the kinds of insurance that the world can offer me. As a matter of fact, assurance from God sometimes works in exactly the opposite manner of human methods of insurance. Let me give you an example. With God's assurance, he says, I've got you covered. Come to me with anything. In the NIV version of the Bible, Matthew 11 uh, verse 28 famously says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. These words explain very plainly that those who are weary and under heavy burdens are instructed to come to him. He offers assurance. While human affairs of insurance and God's assurances from the Bible both welcome all, this is where they begin to defer. With human insurances, the fine print of the contracts and litigation is where you find the limitations of your coverage. Conversely, it is the unique fine print of my grievance or my suffering that brings me to God's assurance in the first place. Every person has unique opportunities and obstacles that we encounter in our spiritual fellowship with God. This fact brings me to talking about premiums and copays. If you live as I did for a few years or many years, I did not have health or life insurance. I had insurance on my vehicle and shelter, but I did not have health and life insurance. As a result, knowing the difference between a premium and copay was a little confusing at first. Basically, a premium is an amount that you have to pay to the insurance company. The premium is the plot is the price of doing business. In other words, you can say that you have an insurance policy with blah blah blah, but if you have gone years between making premium payments on that policy, then you really do not have a relationship with that company. Financially speaking then, you're on your own. Contrast that with God's assurance. You can go 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years without setting foot in anybody's church. You can go that long without tithing. You can go that long without reading the Bible. You can go all that time rebuking people who offer to pray for you. Although I would never encourage anyone to do this, I know for a fact that people have spent spent some of their time doubting the concept of God's assurance only to testify fervently that they are the undeserving beneficiaries of God's assurance later on. With God's assurance, the premium is covered in blood. If you are not a Christian, don't worry. I'm not saying that you have to go somewhere and have a person smear blood on you or your kids. God offers us a different kind of blood. I will not say that God's blood is invisible though, What I mean is that if you see someone with blood all over them, like in a horror movie, then they will stand out in a crowd, right? Well, when God's blood is upon you, it will cause you to stand out from time to time. You might not even know why, when, or where He will cause you to stand out, but you will. I would not be fair if I neglected to inform you of this. So, with God's assurance, You have that you have what would be comparable to full coverage policy, except that there is no mandatory minimal financial obligation. On top of that, as I alluded to before, instead of trying to push you through the cracks when you need him the most, he is there with his arms open, helping to pull you out of the cracks of your grief. Next thing that you have with insurance is something called copay. Copay is what you're required to pay out of your pocket when you use your insurance. If you're without insurance and wonder why people pay for insurance, if they still have to come out of their their pocket with a copay, the reason is because even with the copay, good insurance policies pay a larger percentage than you would have to if you did not have insurance. This is a simple AB relationship. Excuse me. You have a need. And you have a financial cost associated with the need. With assurance, the copay situation is totally different. Jesus covers every need that you will have, as well as a unique percentage of your wants. With assurance, there is no, I'll have to get back to you on that. You may be on your own. With assurance, the journey may not be about how much you're willing to give him. The journey through the storm may have more to do with whether you can recognize him in that storm with you. And from there, what will you do about it? If you want the Cliff Notes version of all the examples and analogies that I made between God's assurance and man's insurance, it boils down to this. With one, you will not be turned down. No matter how bad your credit, no matter how physically or mentally ill you may be, God will not turn you away on this side of eternity. The only way that you are not included in God's assurance is if you soberly and intentionally choose to reject it. I made many mistakes convincing myself that I needed to get insurance first. And then assurance would come later. In other words, I f- sought financial security and other assurances first instead of the other way around. I chose to believe that God would understand why I wanted the things that I wanted. That looking back, that is so lame. Of course, God knew why I wanted certain things. God even knew how bad I wanted those things. What I should have been asking myself was, what does God want from me? Secondly, I should have asked myself, how could I even know what God wants for me if I spend over 90% of my life acquiring and protecting my own interests? I found out that God wants me to know him so that I can recognize him and boldly walk down the paths of my life through the good and bad times. That is what my definition of assurance is. Assurance is knowing that no matter what storm I'm going through or how long I will be in it, God is both in that storm with me and waiting for me on the other side of it. I mentioned before that I believe that love sometimes operates with faith. How many situations in life can be more evidence of faith than celebrating? In the midst of a challenge. How many situations in life can you find more evidence of God's love than to see joy in the midst of someone that you know is going through something rough? In closing, there is no harm in what in wanting or having insurance. As leaders of our families, I only suggest that we should guard against teaching impressionable minds that insurance is a prerequisite to assurance. So I will say, you know, I know I speak with an accent and I know that there's a lot of alliteration here in insurance and assurance and insurance. I'm not, this isn't a uh, a rant against insurance companies or insurance policies. I was just talking about how insurance as it's set up is a lot different than the way that God, the way the. The promises of man, which is sometimes is uh, evidence in insurance policies, um, the transactional nature of 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 earthly insurance, uh, things that will help to s- secure a future, in our opinions. Uh, those things are not those those kind of uh, situations are not quite the same as when God promises something. You can believe it. And as a matter of fact, it's understanding understanding how god is keeping his word even during those tough times that separates his assurance from the kinds of things that we're able to do with our own uh, grit determination willpower and and friends Um, the greatest friend that you're going to have is god and the greatest time you're going to have is applying your goals and your um, and your heart to things that would be pleasing to him and things that he wants you to have. So uh, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. We really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a lot that went on, a lot that went on between these last two episodes we've had but thankfully we're still moving forward as a family and we hope that if you enjoy this you will continue to come back. Remember, wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. God bless you and take care.